They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. This is a very special episode with a different sort of format than I usually do, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be a blast. Before I get into it, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. And this show, as a lot of my shows are, is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Every week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and tv shows if the darkest timeline has you down check out the geeks with shields podcast for all your nerdy needs and with that it brings me to our topic of the day our topic of the day is that back in 1998 two movies that were incredibly similar in theme and topic came out they were deep impact and armageddon deep impact was released first on may 8th 1998 it was directed by mimi leader starred elijah wood morgan freeman Taya leone Lily Sobieski and Robert Duvall. It cost $75 million and made $350 million in the United States, four and a half almost times its budget, which by today's standards makes it a massive hit in the uh, multiplication game. But $75 million is incredibly cheap for a big budget blockbuster, even in 1998. Armageddon, on the other hand, which was released a month and a half, almost two months later, on June 30th, 1998, cost $140 million and made $550. $54 million, so also making almost four times its budget. Um, it was directed by Michael Bay, which if you think about movies Michael Bay makes nowadays, them not making a billion dollars is crazy to think about. But $140 million, again, it was hugely over budget from what I recall, but not a huge number when you think about Avengers Endgame and, and all the movies that come out nowadays. So still, still pretty serviceable considering that its cast included bruce willis Liv tyler ben affleck steve buscemi billy bob thornton owen wilson michael clark duncan and peter stormare so neither of these films lacking people that even by that day's standards had some pretty big star cloud i think the uh the rising star of the bunch was elijah wood and lily sobieski and you know um We'll talk about the differences in how their casting works um, differently than the casting of the love story in Armageddon. Um, but it's just really interesting that I always like to think about that in today's world, people say, you know, oh, we have superhero fatigue. We have action movie fatigue. So movies have a tendency to release apart from each other. These films were both advertised at the same time and were both about an asteroid coming to a destroy the Earth. Both had a love story in the central plot line, and both involved people going into space and trying to blow up the asteroid. And yet they couldn't be any different in how the two films were produced, directed, and advertised for that matter. Um, and it will be an interesting conversation because I have two people with me today, Stefan and Kyle, who are both very good friends. Stefan, you've heard on the show before, who have been having a debate. Um, forever I've heard about which one of these films is better and again better is a subjective term but still which one of these films is better so with that um, first guys both of you say hello and then I will let Kyle start the conversation with his take and his thoughts on Deep Impact so welcome guys thank you thank you 
Yeah, thank you for having us. And actually, I will be doing Deep Impact. Kyle will be doing oh, Armageddon. Sorry. Yes, I'm. Many apologies. No mm-hmm. really way to edit around that. So I'll just say sorry. I'm tired. That's okay. <laughs> and um, you also, when you mentioned the cast for Armageddon, you forgot to men- mention the incredibly underrated uh, Will Patton. Oh God, yes. Sorry. Yep. I don't From know one of. Jumped. No, that's okay. Uh, from one of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. I, I, I still hold it against my dad that we were within 40 miles of Point Pleasant and did not go out of our way to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess you, you guys have all heard Stefan before, but Stefan, remind people of who you are real quick and where they can find you, and then we'll let Kyle introduce himself and go right into Armageddon. Yeah, I'm uh, Stefan. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Scream Forever. I'm uh, I follow uh, Chippa. Uh, Chippa made this all the related material, and uh, and I also uh, I guest on Deepa Daily's podcast. Awesome, and you're you're just a good friend and a good advocate for um, all things that are right and good in the world. I would say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Same to you. And that brings us to Kyle. Kyle, tell people a little bit about you, how you know Stefan and um, where you come from. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hi, everyone. My name is Kyle. And I want to thank you, Christopher, for having me on uh, this podcast. And uh, I also thank Stefan for, uh, yeah, having me here. And uh, yeah, like you said, I'm a great friend of Stefan's. Um, I met Stefan about 20 years ago, and um, we became friends, and I've uh, been friends since. Um, um, yeah, like I said, I'm Kyle, and um, I have an Instagram account. Um, it's uh, my last name is Arndt, so it's A R N D T, um, and my uh, first name is Kyle, of course. So my Instagram is at current. Three, if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, on, I'm on Instagram. I don't have a, um, I don't have a uh, Twitter account, um, but I just have my Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, of course. It's Kyle Arndt. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of who I am. Um, cool. Yeah. And uh, so, what, what's your story with Armageddon? When did you first see it? Yes, so uh, absolutely, like you said, um, or like you, uh, yeah, like you said, um, the movie came out in 1998. Um, let's see here. Um, I, I have IMDb up, um, and I did some research on it through IMDb. And uh, yeah, it came out in July, or uh, according to IMDb, the release date was July 1st, 1998. Um, uh, sorry to uh, correct you on that, uh, if it is correct. Um, but yeah, like you said, it came out in 1998. I watched it in grade school, I think, and um, it really hit me as a really good movie. Um, I really liked it a lot. It was, I guess, my favorite movie um, at the time. And um, it just connected with me um, emotionally as well as other ways as well. Um, I'm a professional photographer, actually, as well, and and one of the 
um, elements in photography is universality. And in photography, universality means the, um, the ability of the photo to connect with oneself, um, how relevant it may be to uh, the culture or the present time and how much uh, the audience can connect with the photo. Um, um, so I took a picture of a sunrise this morning and it really connected well. And I think that can kind of be the same with this movie Armageddon. Um, I think the universality of it is that it could connect with this audience at the time. Um, like you said, it was uh, directed by Michael Bay. And um, I think the audience it reached out to you, um, it could connect with. Um, of course, a lot of people went to go see the movie and also others did not like it, but um, uh, I was one who liked it, I guess. Um, it says runtime was 151 minutes. Um, you mentioned that it's budget already, and also um, it's gross. Um, its language was in English, Russian, and Indonesian, and um, it was nominated for uh, four Oscars, actually, as best sound, best effects, sounds affecting, um, or sounds effects editing, best effects visual effects, and the most important nominee, I think, um, for the Oscars of 1999 was um, Best Music Original Song. Now it's uh, uh, was performed by Aerosmith. Um, the actual song was written by Diane Warren. Um, and of course, the song is uh, titled I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I think um, the soundtrack to Armageddon was amazing. Um, hands on. And um, I think I Don't Want to Miss a Thing became a song well known that connected with not only younger crowds like grade school students or junior high students, but also up through high school and, and, and beyond. Um, I think uh, one of my uh, uh, favorite, well, I know my absolute favorite scene is um, when uh, uh, Grace Stamper or Liv Taylor, Liv Taylor um, was talking to Bruce Willis, uh, Harry Stamper, in the movie uh, at the very end um, when uh, Harry is saying goodbye to Grace. And uh, my favorite quote of the film is, um, you know, Dad, uh, Grace says, Dad, uh, oh, I lied to you when I said I didn't want to be like you because I am like you. And everything I have in me is from you. Or it, uh, is very similar to that. And I think that connects a lot with uh, different elements of society, I think. Um, whether it be with family, broken families, or um, healthy families. Um, whether it be with uh, just uh, children or, or, or uh, people that my age at the time, uh, they could connect with it, I think. Um, you guys, whatever, whatever their relationship with their parents was or were, um, I think it was just really important. Uh, um, should I continue about what I'm getting right now? Or yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, keep keep saying why you like it. This is perfect. Okay, great. All right, and uh, yeah, I just really like oh, it. The whole we quiet. It's just, this is this is this is good. It, it it helps the conversation later when um you know we we talk about points and counterpoints and everything. You know. 
Oh, great. Absolutely awesome. All right, so I will definitely continue. Um, I just about the movie. Um, of course, it's very similar to um, Deep Impact and that's about something coming to hit Earth. Um, I think the opening scene of Armageddon um, <clears throat> opens up in space. The scene is in space with the narration um, of some very good quotes. Um, um, it hit with the force of uh, some many nuclear uh, warheads. Um, and uh, it just tells, narrates the story of how an asteroid hit the Earth, um, according to uh, some theories and scientists, and uh, created this huge um, dust in the atmosphere that filled the atmosphere around the globe and killed off everything on it. Um, such as the dinosaurs. And um, I think um, I think that's just uh, also huge in how it hits the audience and how it hits um, the people watching the film. Um, because at the time, growing up and going through uh, liberal schools, um, you were, one was taught about evolution uh, versus, and then later in, uh, more recently in, a society we have a debate of creation versus um, evolution, and um, I think in the liberal schools we learned the science and we learned evolution, but we didn't necessarily specifically learn about creationism, more specifically Christianity. Um, so that was interesting, but I think it really hits home with um, just this uh, whole plot, and not only that, the way it's played out. Um, I think it had a top line, top of the line cast. Um, Bruce Willis, uh, Liv Taylor, Tyler, that right? Um, Bob Thornton, Ben Affleck, and many others. I think it had a wonderful um, cast, wonderful crew, and I think that um, they were cast. The uh, the actors were cast very well, especially in their roles, and I thought that was just great. Um, uh, the director Michael Bay, of course, his more recent films were much bigger than uh, and, and how much it grossed and uh, compared to Armageddon. But, um, you know, um, I just found it really interesting. And that, you know, I don't, there's some uh, <clears throat> trivia I found on um, imdb.com here. And um, it's really cool. I think I found one fact. Um, and this is uh, goes right along with Deep Impact as well. I think on the same um, to the same uh, elements or levels of uh, how much it matters. But um, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, unbeknownst to most Americans at the time, the U.S. Air Force did have a partnership with NASA in the 1980s to produce and launch a special version of the space shuttle stack, similar to the classified quotations, experimental shuttles depicted in the film. The U.S. Air Force built a completely independent shuttle launch complex at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California intended for missions during which the shuttles would place military and intelligence agencies by satellites into polar orbits around Earth. Continuing, the government also funded a developed special lightweight um, filament wound solid rocket boosters 
for these proposed missions, uh, being lighter in weight, thus more powerful than the standard shuttle sex SRBs, able to place heavier pay payloads into more distant orbits. Um, and finally, the military shuttle program was canceled soon after the Challenger disaster in 1986. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I think the movie, I think that it kind of reflects how the movie has aged to an extent as well. Um, you know, at the time it was like, um, you know, on the edge, like it depicted uh, a storyline that included stuff out in our space that was on the cutting edge, you know, um, like uh, today we have a space station at the time. Um, I'm not sure if there was a space station. Um, I, I suppose you guys can correct me about that if you know that. Um, but uh, for instance, today, we, now we have the Space Force and um, we have um, stuff like this now as well with the Space Force. And, and uh, so I think that kind of shows some elements of the film that reflects its aging very well. And, um, but I think mostly, above all else, the film connected with this audience emotionally, and it also connected with them with universality. It was relevant to them. It, it entertained them. And it connected with them in certain ways, such as perhaps how they view their parents, uh, their mom or their dad, whether they had a mom or dad, um, whatever, wherever they were in life. Um, I think it connected with them and had the potential if, uh, and for some, many it did uh, help them, I think, emotionally um, just be able to relate and uh, grow in that. Um, yeah, uh, of course, there's another fact here. This is the film and Deep Impact in 1988 had an unfriendly back and forth as both projects were greenlit and filmed through 1997 and 1998. Michael Bay insulted Paramount's project by comparing T. Leone's star of power to Bruce Willis, leading to Leone um, saying the statement was so Michael and that it was not clear how firing guns would defeat an asteroid. When Deep Impact 1998 opened strongly at the box office in May of 1998, Paramount then pointed out all the problems that the rival film was having, leading to Willis accidentally revealing that this film was filming new scenes in Europe and Asia. Um, yep. So that was an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I think, what I have to say uh, about Armageddon for now, so. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and all, all those points are really important because it, uh, it, it was a wild time um, in film. And, you know, I, I don't know, Stefan, Kyle, how old are both of you? I'm 33 and Kyle's 34. Okay, yeah. so you're, you're not that far off from me. Okay, so you would have been teenagers when the ad campaigns for both of these were out. Because I remember they went hard, both of mm -hmm. these movies. and. Deep Impact tried really hard. They wanted to get everybody's parents in the seats. You know, Deep Impact understood that they were a different beast, and and you know, we'll we'll get into that of a movie. But the ad campaigns on TV were selling the same movie. In in the theaters, you know, the posters for Deep Impact had a much more conventional, like dramatic action movie look, like things like 
um, movies like uh, uh, Apollo 13. You know, it was trying to put itself in that ballpark, whereas Armageddon was doubling down on the fact that, no, this is from the guy that made The Rock. Like, this thing's going to be intense and over the top and, you know, a disaster Mm -hmm. movie. And, you know, obviously, I'll wait till the time where we talk about both of them, but I think both films ad campaigns sold the movie they had on their hands short in that respect. Um, I think Armageddon is a little bit more than just a dumb Michael Bay movie and deep impact is a lot more than just a, you know, dramatic disaster movie. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. And so, you know, that's a good way to segue into uh, Stefan. What's your um, experience with deep impact? When did you see it first and, and all that? Yeah. First of all, Kyle, I want to say that was wonderful, and I don't disagree with anything that you said. Um, Yeah, so I first saw Deep Impact. I did not see it in theaters, much to my chagrin, and I will tell you why. Uh, So the, okay, back in the 90s, you know, before smartphones, you know, and everything, our paper incorrectly printed its rating as R, not PG-13. No! So they wouldn't fucking take me to go see it. Yeah, that that pissed me off. So I never got to see that movie in theaters. Um, I rented it as soon as it came out. And legit, it was one of the first movies to really make me like, like genuinely have tears stream down my face, not just, you know, watery eyes. It really it uh, it did that for me. Um, so to me, it really, um, it has like the dramatic heft that Armageddon obviously did have at, you know, that the scene, I mean, for sure, the scene that Kyle described where, um, where Liv Tyler is saying goodbye to Bruce Willis. And I just felt that it, it had the... <sighs> Um, yeah, it just had the, the, the dramatic heft of that. And when you see how they show it from all the different perspectives, like Armageddon was more just one perspective, you know, from the people that were the, the team trying to, to break, to blow up the asteroid essentially. And whereas deep impact, you had all the different perspectives you had, the um you know tay leone who by the way you know we talk about the cast people criticize her character in that movie that they said her her acting was bad or whatever she was wooden you know detached but that's what her character was going through you know her her dad was marrying a much younger woman and you know she you know just comes across this you know extinction level event secret and it just it it took a toll on her even before it all happened. And um, uh, you have uh, Morgan Freeman playing the president, in my opinion, the best fictional president of the 90s, behind maybe Harrison Ford and Air Force One. And it says a lot that Morgan Freeman did play the president in the Olympus Has Fallen movies, which I have not seen. I should probably see those. Uh, and then you had, obviously, Robert Duvall, amazing performance and Elijah would probably start to transition into adulthood 
Uh, and then the <laughs> when you talked about the cast, you also forgot to mention Chris uh, Doug Ray Scott. Oh yes, who okay. I can never help but feel bad for that guy because he got screwed over. Do you know? Do you know how he got screwed over in his career? I mean, I've heard some stories, but go for it. I mean, I'm sure the people listening don't know him. Yeah. So he was supposed to play Wolverine. He was the he was supposed to play Wolverine, but he was filming. Uh, he was the villain in Mission Impossible Two. Oh no! And when, pr- and when production of that went longer, he had to give up the part. It's funny. Mission Impossible keeps ruining like Mission Impossible. It was the, you know, reason for Henry Cavill's um, mustache in the Justice League reshoots. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. And then on and then on top of it, uh, Doug Ray Scott was a serious contender for the new James Bond. Oh, I remember he lost, that. lost that to Daniel Craig. And, you know, yeah. And now he's married to Claire Forlani. So it all works out. And he. The last time I saw him was on The Walking Dead, not even The Walking Dead, but the lesser spinoff, Fear the Walking Dead, in like a two-episode arc. <laughs> like, uh, you poor thing. And they also brought, uh, they, they randomly brought Jesse McCartney on for one episode, and he was totally unrecognizable. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I digress. And um, yeah, so... Deep Impact to me, it, and it was also more, it was more realistic scientifically. I feel like the thing about Armageddon I could not buy is that, okay, there's an asteroid the size of Texas (laughs) and it's, and, and, um, Roger Ebert brought this up in his review for the movie. Um, if you've never read his review, you should probably like link it when you post this episode. It's one of, it was one of his. It was one of his most hated films. And um, just so you have an asteroid the size of Texas heading for Earth and you don't see it till, what, 18 days beforehand? I mean, I know, I know, you know, our telescopes can only, you know, our, our sky mapping systems can only do, what, 3% of the sky? But if you I mean, come on, you could see that, like, at, at not, you know, you could see it with a naked eye. So you would see that granted the um, deep impact. They kind of did this too, where, you know, you could, they, you know, this 14 year old amateur astronomer discovered it and, you know, you could see it from the naked eye. So they would have seen it beforehand. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, and deep impact to me, it explores these, you know, the emotional themes. And I think they're really relevant today with you know the world in the midst of a crisis and we're kind of seeing how people are behaving and in the movie everyone in the end does the right thing everybody redeems themselves and you know they they don't all make it out obviously and that's that's life that that's realistic and so uh a couple key scenes the moment so like okay i first saw this movie by myself and then i later i bought it or got it for christmas or something like that and then my mom i showed it to my mom my sister when we were when we were driving when when we were younger we used to take like long road trips i think we were going out to colorado for this one and we would we had a minivan you remember this minivan kyle and uh (laughs) we would put 
we would put the middle seat down and like we had like a TV, like a kitchen TV. We would bring it, plug it in the cigarette lighter and watch movies that way. This is before, you know, you had the, you know, devices and, you know, the, the, the DVD players in the car. So, you know, we had to rough it. And I brought Deep Impact and my mom and my sister just like bawled. Like we're crying so hard. And my mom lost it. And I didn't understand like the heft of this scene when I was a kid, but rewatching as adult, I did the part where um, uh, it's like a few days, like maybe five days before, you know, the disaster is happening and Jenny's at work. And after her mom killed herself and oh my God. Yeah. Vanessa Redgrave, amazing performance. Um, and deep impact, by the way, had four Oscar winners appear in it. You had Morgan Freeman, Vanessa Redgrave, Robert Duvall, and Maximilian uh, Scheele. I know I'm mispronouncing his last name. And the scene where he comes in and shows her the pictures of like, you know, you're not an orphan, you know, here, you know, we were on the beat, you know, and she's like, I don't remember that, you know, leave. And when he leaves and she picks up and she just starts crying. My mom like lost it at that scene. And I didn't understand why as a kid, but rewatching as an adult, I understand that. And um, I mean, uh, uh, I just want to say, you know, you had, you know, so yeah, the obviously the end scene of uh, that scene in Armageddon is very, very tearjerker. I mean, it makes me cry too. The, the whole half hour of deep impact just has me a blubbering mess that like yep. just from from the moment where, you know, the, um, when, you know, basically from like where they evacuate Jenny's office and she like, you know, you know, gives up her seat for her, you know, friend and daughter. And, um, you know, just that, that whole, and the shot, the shot I love, let's talk about great shots in movies where the, you know, she is on top of the building and like, you know, there's all the helicopters. It feels like the rapture almost. And she is just like left behind there. And, um, you know, and then when we, when we get, you know, Elijah Woods character, which, which by the way, that um, there's a great special feature on YouTube from the DVD where it talks about how they filmed that, like the car pile up scene. It's really incredible and how well everybody worked together. Um, and just like how the parents, you know, how they like that they'd like send their kids away and they're just like, get out of here, go. And you know, the, the moment, oh my God, like that when they speed away and the music just has that, like that sting to it right there. And the mom just like loses it. Like the way she cries is just so raw. It, it's so like, guttural but like as a parent you knew you had to do that like any any good parent would do that and um you know and then the other part is where uh you know the families on the messiah are like you know saying goodbye to their families and i love the line when um when uh i think uh Andy was her name, the woman on the the ship when they talk about like, you know, we can, you know, get the nukes in and blow it up. And then, you know, when they realize they can't escape and she's just like, we'll look on the bright side. We're going to have high schools named after us. I'm like, honey, you're going to get cities named after you. It's such a good line. I've always loved that. 
it's just like how she is. She's thinking about like the, the future generations that will live because of their sacrifice. And it's like, you know, that like, dare I, and, and you know, and, and Bruce Willis did the same thing. And that's how, if I have to die early, that's how I want to go out. I'm not going to lie, yeah. you know, sac- you know, like, I mean, and you know, it, it was a totally painless death. Obviously you felt nothing. You were vaporized very quickly. And, uh, you know, just when the, when their families are all there and they're saying goodbye and, uh, when he's like, you know, be good to his son, you know, it's like, he's saying that for the whole world. Yes. You know, kind of, I think that's symbolic. And, uh, when, when they, when they end, when they climb up to the mountain, you know, and, oh my God, can we talk about how prophetic that was for Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, Elijah Wood, and um, uh, you know, just like when they see that the comet has just you know been blown up in the meteor shower, and you can just feel like the relief, like just oh my, like if I was them, I would probably like pass out at that point. I, I would just yeah. like you know the sense of relief, and you know. Um, you know, just to see, to see that. And just, you know, like you see the people on the mountain, just knowing they're going to live, you know, and, uh, um, and then we have, you know, Morgan Freeman's speech at the end, you know, the the lines that I love that get emotional are cities fall, but they are rebuilt and heroes die, but they are remembered. And I think that's, you know, something we all need to take in our lives. I love the pullout shot of that. Like, I love that they do that scene so close. Yes. And you feel like, okay, is he giving, and it makes you kind of do a double take. Okay, so everything's fine. And then they pull out and no, they're on the ruins of the Capitol. And it's like, right. that's really cool. It's just well, such a good, well, they're, they're rebuilding it. It's such a good shot. It is. It is. Uh, and, you know, the movie Deep Impact, I felt like maybe what some people, didn't like about it was that it was a more reserved than Armageddon. I mean, I mean, Armageddon, like, I mean, it, it's definitely more of like a popcorn blockbuster movie. And that's, and that's fine. Deep impact was more, you know, like of a, you know, emotional, uh, kind of, yeah, like an emotional experience. And I really feel like it, it should have been a little, it needed to be a little longer. And I felt like Armageddon should have been a little shorter, (laughs) but, uh, and today, today with, you know, all the limited series that are coming out with movies, you know, like they're getting adapted. Like, you know, you got 12 monkeys, some, you know, really random ones. I think deep impact would be an excellent limited series. I want to see a lot more explored. Yes. Uh, especially one thing I loved about the movie was the concept of the national lottery and how that played out, you know, like would, um, uh, would certain, you know, like, you know, within communities, there would be like animosity towards people, you know, like, oh, you got picked to survive. You think you're so special. Like, you know, that would play out. Yeah, and, I, I love um, I love the politics too. With like you know, 
oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm the most famous kid on the planet. You know, I talked them into letting you guys come. And even right. the first time I watched it in my head, I'm going, that's total bullshit. Like, right. there's, okay. no and, way, and, there's no way the government's just, actually going to let that fly. Right. And can I just say, what the hell? You're like, you're like 15, 16, and you're like, Mary, I mean, really? Yep. Like, you're that? I mean, I mean, you know, maybe, but like, you know, like at that age, you're that emotionally, like, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, well, I mean, in the end they didn't let it fly, obviously. Yeah. Evidently, unless it was a clerical error, someone <laughs> back in the days of the IMDb message board, someone was like, you know, some asshole troll, you know, one of the people that helped them get eliminated RIP. Uh, they mentioned how like an, a funny post credit scene for deep impact would have been someone like finding, the list and then you know you saw sarah's parents were actually on there <laughs> oh god i know wouldn't that have been off <laughs> would have been so awful um but yeah and uh you know i mean we talk about you know the the music in armageddon is great i would say deep impact is too you have james horner's amazing soundtrack i mean I, I don't think that's up for debate. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And for the, uh, in, in the guise of keeping this, this moving, cause these, you, you both talked to some great points. Um, Stefan, I'd like to get you a final thought on deep impact and, and shift in because I don't, you know, I, I do have to be back in the house eventually too, but this is no, just incredible. But um, yeah. what's your, what, so if you had to put a cap on that, um, what, what would it be like a final thought? My final thought is that it's a very, um, it's a movie with great, uh, emotional heft, uh, and it, it has, it, it has been, you know, uh, scientists have commended it for being realistic. Even the, one of the space, um, uh, one of the new space shuttles or, um, some, something like drone or whatever was named the deep impact, you know, it shows its legacy. And, um, you know, I think that it's a real kind of underrated forgotten gem of the nineties. And, uh, I just want to say that, you know, Armageddon came to be because the, uh, one of the, the writers sat in on a meeting of deep impact Yep, and basically copied it, that, 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 that is true. Um, but, uh, yeah, to me, it's just like, yeah, it just, it's such an emotional ride. It's more than just a disaster movie. It's so much more. And um, I feel like, you know, I feel like Armageddon is a disaster movie. And it does have emotional moments. But, I mean, if you look at genres, it's a disaster movie. Whereas Deep Impact, I would call it drama. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, that b- before I go in, into my thoughts, because I have, I have plenty and... I will say that there is not a single point that either of you have made, like Stefan said about Kyle, that I would disagree with. Um, there, mm-hmm. are, I've always looked at these two films as like a Pepsi Coke argument, and, and yeah, I was worried, and I was worried. Um, not, I haven't seen either of them since I was a teenager, so I went and rewatched both of these, and I've been rewatching Michael Bay's films as a whole with the guys over at geeks with shields, they're doing a thing called the road to Bayhem, where we're going to uh, do a director smackdown. We try to find the like quintessential movie that like, you know, you end with one that talks about 
you know, like if you had to make a time capsule and leave it for the future and say, here's one movie that's going to tell you everything you needed to know about this guy. And so we're going through. And the worst thing about Michael Bay's films is almost all of them do not hold up. And I was really terrified because we haven't gotten to this one yet, but I remember always really liking Armageddon. And I was really worried that all of the stuff that I was realizing wasn't good about Michael Bay's films going back was going to be all over this one. And I was happy to find that it's, it's all there. I mean, he's got casual racism and casual sexism and boners for the government and military and all this other stuff. But this movie really, that is not in the forefront on this one at all. That stuff's kind of noise and there's an actual story and narrative going on in this one, which doesn't happen a lot with his movies. Um, and Deep, Deep Impact is a completely different beast. And that, I felt, was even better watching it now than it was when I was younger. And Armageddon still held up a lot more than I thought it was going to, which made me really happy. Um, but I was going to say, Kyle and Stefan, are we all in agreement that these are both at least pretty good movies? Or is there like one of them that either of you just outright hate and you love the other one? Before we get into the bigger I, conversation. I don't hate either of them i the only thing i hate is the fact that you know armageddon kind of overshadowed deep impact yep that's, what about you Kat? That's it. uh yeah you know um i agree with stefan uh once again i saw deep impact uh when i was a lot younger years ago um with stefan and it wasn't my favorite movie but i did watch it really recently and i loved it um a lot more than i did then and it, it i have to admit it is a very good film um Cool. Cool. So that that then pivots it to to my thoughts to to help move the conversation and, you know, get us to the the end here, because, I mean, I know the idea was to I I don't know if it's as much settling a debate, but it's kind of deciding between the three of us which ones we think is better or um, as a whole, if I can be a deciding vote. But um, rewatching Armageddon, like I said, Armageddon, like like Stefan said, is a disaster movie first in concept. But then when you watch it, especially older and having lost my father, every single beat with Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler and between Bruce Willis and um, Billy Bob Thornton just works in this movie. It doesn't feel as pandering and melodramatic and caricature-ish as all the other roles do in the film. Um, And again, that's a testament, one, to the fact that Willis showed up for this. Willis is... You, you either get bored, bored as hell Bruce Willis that doesn't want to be there, or you get Bruce Willis that 100% gets who his character is and just goes for it, and that's the Willis you got in this movie. And he sells every emotional beat, even though it's still very caricaturish, you know, running around with a shotgun and an oil rig trying to kill my daughter's boyfriend, you know, and all this. You believe everything. <laughs> The problem I have with the melodrama and the relationships in Armageddon is that I don't buy anything between Affleck and Liv Tyler. And that's not to say that I dislike either of them. I think they're both great. And I think they both have some good stuff in this. I think everything with Affleck up in space with Willis is all really good. It's just their stuff really pulls you out of the movie and doesn't become an emotional centerpiece. I like to think of the I Don't Want to Miss a Thing song being a song about Liv Tyler and her dad, not the love song that people that they want you to think it is with Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck. And then we can just blow that whole, um, uh, 
animal cracker scene completely to high hell because it almost ruins the entire god. Oh my movie. god! Yes, yeah, yes, I, I was, agree. I was Jesse, my roommate uh, Jesse, and I were listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about. I forgot to mention they were talking about Armageddon. They they got into like how they brought up Owen Wilson and how like they forgot he was in that movie, and then they got to the animal crackers scene. <laughs> it was like, oh my, yeah, yes, I, I, I agree that I, I do not like that scene. And, you know, it's wondering, it's, you wonder, because uh, Nev Campbell turned down Liv Tyler's role in Armageddon. You wonder if that they might have had better chemistry, her and Ben Affleck. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just, it's weird. And that's that's been my problem with a large portion of Ben Affleck's career at the time, is they they had him a romantic lead, and he, that's just not him. <laughs> he, no, he, no. He doesn't play those roles. He's very awkward. Affleck and, and Matt Damon, strangely, even though they're both just nerds, that also happen to be, you know, good looking dudes you can put in starring roles. Ne- Damon can do the whole romantic lead thing and Affleck just can't do it. He just looks like an awkward nerdy kid that doesn't know how to act around girls. And, mm-hmm. and then you, you and then you get something like um, Gone Girl where, OK, so maybe he can. I was just going to bring up Gone Girl. Yes, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. And that, yeah, he can play a narcissist quite well, but mm-hmm. not, not, not the other way around. Um, but uh, it, it's weird. Um, Armageddon, the biggest fault I think Armageddon really has is that it feels like two or three different movies and they're all fighting for airtime. And that's a common thing with Michael Bay. Yeah, I've noticed. It's the only Michael Bay film that Michael Bay has apologized for. And Going back to it after watching, I'd say about three quarters of his catalog through, it's 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 hard to say a best with Michael Bay because he has a brand, but this is this and The Rock are really close to elevating themselves past his normal brand. I would go out as to say this is his best looking film, and I mean that in that it's colorful, it's varied. Um, like uh, like um, Kyle mentioned, it has that universality both in its photography the way it stages scenes um it doesn't go completely heavy-handed on the michael bay let's throw the camera on a bungee cord and throw it across the set thing there's actual like ramping up of of emotion and elevation in scenes the biggest problem is that it doesn't merge its two stories together properly they feel disjointed like he cares more about the action so the the melon melodrama is kind of underplayed but the melodrama outside of the Liv Tyler Affleck things is some of the best stuff in the movie. The quiet scenes with characters actually getting to be characters and not just be caricatures. Mm-hmm. Are some of my favorite parts. Billy Bob Thornton's whole act, complete with Willis ripping the patch off and giving him the patch so he can actually, you know, like in, you know, m- memorialize him as being part of the space mission, even though you mean, he could have been Ben Affleck, right? Ben Affleck, yeah, sorry, giving yeah. it because Bruce Willis ripped it off and gave it to him and said, make sure he yeah. gets this. Um, I love all of that. And it note for note parallels a lot of stuff that happens in deep impact, but what deep impact really has going for it. And I don't think I could have like Armageddon resonated me with me emotionally at 15 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. Deep impact did, but not at the same level. None of the parent stuff worked Mm -hmm. for me at 15 because I think I was too young to really have an emotional attachment like that to no loss. But what Deep Impact is, is Deep Impact is more the quintessential 90s action drama movie. James Cameron easily could have made Deep Impact. 
you know what I mean? Or yep. Roland Steve, Emmerich. Steven Spielberg was yeah. interested actually before. Yeah. yeah, he was. And it feels like that. It feels like a director that, and, 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 you know, music and cinematography that went, we're going for, for a particular feel and look for a genre, but it looks like you go back and watch every other late nineties action movie. And it's hard to tell the difference between them and deep impact. Not to say that deep impact isn't a great example of them. Cause even deep impact, even though it's obviously the cheaper film and you can tell in some aspects still looks fantastic when the, when the meteors are hitting earth and when the ocean rises and all that, it's, it's a gorgeous action yes. movie on top of everything else. But I think another thing outside of emotionally Deep Impact working better, especially for me now, is Deep Impact is scary. And I don't mean horror movies scary. Deep Impact yes. makes you feel the emotion of we're going to die, that the world is after, feeling. After, you know, the president announces, you know, like what's going to happen to the world, you know, in 12, in 12 hours. I think, Kyle, when we, when we watched that movie with rich yeah. afterwards right I, th I think was it me was like well fuck yeah yeah scene. it's like okay, yeah. like what like i couldn't even imagine what i would do at that point i would like i i i would probably stare at the wall for like a half hour first of all we're right whereas armageddon is disaster set pieces that again look beautiful the, the carnage and devastation of the meteors hitting are wonderful but because the movie exists in a world where they're not telling anyone and the world doesn't have time to react, it just feels like what it is, which is a, a digital effects sequence. Um, right. Now, again, not saying that they don't get emotion out of it because everything with the loss of everyone on that space crew and their families and Liv Tyler and Willis is 100% felt. But in Armageddon, I never feel like the world is in danger. Mm. Whereas yeah. in Deep I Impact, I feel I agree. that on a global scale, you you can have just Elijah Wood and that girl and his mom or Tay Leone and her dad or that. I mean, to not know what's going on in this movie and have that Tay Leone trying to interview that guy about the potential affair he's having. And he goes, mm -hmm. all right, so you are. Oh, so, you know, really, like e even like, you know, what's going to happen and you're still trying to further your career like that reaction is so there's so much, I mean, one, he's a brilliant actor, um, very underutilized yeah. in that movie, by the way, but, um, oh, oh, yes, yes. Thank uh, you. You know, like, but, yeah, but the amount of pathos in his voice, there's no one in Armageddon outside of maybe Billy Bob Thornton that gives that much like longing and feel of absolute, like, imagine if Morgan Freeman had been the president in Armageddon. I, I think this conversation would be a lot more hard to decipher. The president is such a wet blanket, like stock character in Armageddon. It's not. Yeah, I don't. Funny. Yeah, I don't even remember who it was. I thought it was no. for like years. I thought Billy Bob Thornton was the president. I'm like, okay, yeah. But for the for the, for the sake of you know, those are really my thoughts. Is they're they're approaching diff the same material, but neither of them are bad movies. In fact, I watched Armageddon in two sittings. Because Michael Bay came out and apologized, not because he thought it was a bad movie. He'll never admit he made a bad movie. That's just Michael Bay. But he came out and apologized but because of the rush to beat Deep Impact and because of all the reshoots and everything. The production company took the movie away from him and his cinematographers. And Michael Bay is known for being very um, 
for union guys working in Hollywood, they love him because he's almost always on time and he's almost always under budget. So he wanted to keep that, you know, thing about him. So he said, fine. And he went and talked to his friends and learned how to become an editor and be a digital effects guy. And he became the editor and digital effects supervisor for everything that happened in space. Hence why the space scenes in comparison to the rest of the movie look kind of cheap. And yes. it's, it's because yes. he didn't know what he I was agree. doing. They don't look right. bad, but compare them to the stuff in Deep Impact. The Deep Impact space scenes had like a, there was more of a, um, an impact, should I say, about Robert <laughs> Duvall and his crew and their interaction with the stuff up there. In, in Armageddon, it feels like, it almost feels like a, a TV show instead of yeah. like a Star Trek episode instead of a movie mm-hmm. um and it's a bummer so, so with that you know i'd say it after watching armageddon through it was way better than i had worried it would be i thought i was going to end up hating and i only kind of cringed at a few things like the animal crackers and and some of the bad acting and just the pacing problems michael bay doesn't know about story arcs and acts he only knows about let's go from zero to 60 and stay at 60 for two and a half hours mm-hmm. um, but that's... unless unless if you're uh, the second Transformers movie where nothing happens for like, nothing you know, happens. an hour, not, nothing, nothing happens for like but, an hour in that movie. Oh my God, I But I would go to say that, that I think Armageddon and Deep Impact should be equally remembered because they are both fantastic examples about how the same source material and same basic story can be told from two completely different perspectives and be interesting and emotional in their own right. But my call after this rewatch is that deep impact is the better film and I like it more, but I really like them both. So I don't know if anything I've said or this discussion has teetered either of you, but I leave it to now Kyle first and then Stefan to decide, you know, maybe we agree that one of them is better or we just agree to disagree and it's a two to one or a one to three or, you know, whatever. But what are your guys thoughts? Sure. Um, I mean, I think, um, Chris, that you gave some very good insight into deep impact, um, that I had not had before, um, as well as them again as well. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, like you said, it was very good insight. Um, I'll admit, I still like Armageddon better than Deep Impact. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, but yeah, I'll have to admit, Deep, it, I do admit, Deep Impact is a good film. And I, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. But uh, I guess I'm still, still not teared on Armageddon, but... Um, I think that's very good insight into both movies, Chris, that you gave, as well as Stefan. Um, you gave some great insight into Deep Impact um, and further my insight into it. So um, Deep Impact, I think, for I have to say, is a very good film and also is on again, in my opinion, is um, also a good film still, too. So, yeah. Stefan, um, I think you and I can agree. I think all three of us would agree. Um, I'd say the deep impact definitely got this, this, the, the rough shake on this one. It, I mean, it definitely yeah, yeah. on equal footing. And again, money I mean, wise, it was they're, they're equal hits. <laughs> you yeah, know, I mean, I mean, you know, like, like, you know, um, like, uh, proportionately per capita. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think 
I mean, like, like, like Deep Impact to me is is the better movie. And if you look on like Rotten Tomatoes, there really is not that much of a difference. The audience score is very different, though. More people like Armageddon, but that's you know a whole other thing. Um, I just yeah, like Deep Impact, you know. And when we rewatched Armageddon, I mean, I I did like it a little bit more than I thought I would. I would say. Um, I mean, there were some parts where I was just kind of like, you know, really, like you said, especially the scenes where they're in space and, um, but deep impact will just always hold a special place for me for the reasons we kind of talked about. And I think that you illustrated very well. Mm -hmm. A deep impact is just an emotional roller coaster of a movie. And, and, And I think with audiences in 1998 for a summer movie, I think people weren't looking for that. You know, um, it should have been like a fall heard, release. He had kind of moved out of the era of of the Steven Spielberg summer blockbuster that was also a good drama. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and like I was Independence Day. Like, if you go back and watch Independence Day right now, Independence Day is way more like Deep Impact than it is like Armageddon. And that's weird to say to somebody, yes. yeah, because Independence Day is thought as being a big dumb stupid movie too, and it is. And mm-hmm. Deep Impact has some big, dumb, stupid stuff in it, too. Um, but it does them in a way where the human story is never forgotten. And that's where Independence Day really um, excels. And Roland Emmerich in general, aside from, you know, the sequel to Independence Day that he made and, and a couple other films, when he's on point, the guy just tells a very human disaster story that mm-hmm. even if the drama is poorly written, it comes off well. And out of all of Michael Bay's films, it's amazing to me. And now that you say the writer basically stole it from Deep Impact, that makes a lot of sense because everything in Armageddon that's a more human story seems to be completely at odds with the movie Michael Bay is trying to make. And I think it makes the movie better because of that. Yeah. 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 So Deep Impact actually makes Armageddon a better film by by having existed which is which is weird right when you think about it that yeah one of like it's good that we can see a movie that wholeheartedly is ripping the other movie off which remember the ad campaigns were telling people that deep impact was ripping armageddon off that's what everybody thought Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and actually uh deep impact there was a line at the speech when the president announces you know to the world what's going you know like the comet when they when they first announced it, there was an extra part where the part where he's like, "Life will go on." Originally, he said, "This is not Armageddon." Ah. That was that, that was added on, but they they removed it to avoid like you know that. Oh, that's yes. awesome! So they they even yeah, if they would have kept yeah. that in, it would have been even more so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am going to give you guys a chance to, to have a final thought, and you know shout out anything you want tell people you know some good thing to watch something you're involved in you know tell everybody that the president should be shot into the sun with a cannon you know whatever you want to do um yeah. and then uh uh i should get back because it's been about an hour and that's where i like to cut off so uh kyle let's start with you what's what's your final thoughts and and whatever else you want to say yeah definitely um i absolutely want to uh reiterate and uh and, and say that uh, both films are good and i think we can and i know that all three of us have illustrated that we agree on that and um i'm really happy with that um also i uh 
I would uh, advocate for Biden and Harris <laughs> to uh, vote for them this coming election, but that's that's me. Um, You're in good hands. Don't worry. You're, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, and I I'm just really glad we have this discussion over in this podcast. Is you know I think a wonderful discussion and. I think it was just, uh, yeah, great to have, and I had a blast doing it. And awesome, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. A little pocket of happiness in the insanity. That that's what I'm shooting for. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. I don't want to. Oh yeah, I mean, um, you know, thank you for doing this. You know, I know I we have been looking forward to this for a long time. Kyle, you did a great job. Um, and uh, you know, I just want to say, yeah, you know, I. I want to say, you know, that even if, you know, there, there are movies, you know, that I, that I love, that I hate, even, you know, a movie that I think is bad, it does not mean like I hate it, you know, like a good, like, like Armageddon, you know, is like, I mean, it, it has good things about it and it is not boring. I want to make that clear. A, a bad, boring movie is awful. <clears throat> Transformers too. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or no, even even worse, the 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 fourth the fourth one with um, uh, with with what's this, that 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 was that was like a painful experience uh, in the theaters. Uh, it was too Martin. long. Did I ever yes. tell you a, a really uh, quick side was... of tangents? You guys will love this. I went to so the Wahlbergs have a, a chain of burger restaurants called Wahlburgers. Yeah. Wahlburgers. I yeah, don't know if that's known outside of the East Coast, but they do. Yep. So yep, okay, cool. One of the things that they decorate the store with are names of movies and bands and all the projects the kids have been in. And there's a section for Mark Wahlberg movies and Transformers is li- is written there, but it just says Transformer and not even like Transformer with a four. It just says Transformer. And I always said, is it because he was only in the fourth one at the time? So they like <laughs> didn't want to have the esques. It's the only one that Maki Mark's in, guy. You, you know? But, right. uh, oh, God, that movie. I, I refused to watch it. I um I saw the third one and went, no, I can't do it anymore. I just can't. See, and I, I, I thought the third one was an improvement over the second one. The third one, one is I, so I, I much love, better than the second one. But I, I just, love I, urban I warfare. I have, a, I have yeah. a soft spot for urban warfare. I love it. Um, oh, and I will say, the third one opening in um uh, the the Russian nuclear facility there that chernobyl was really cool i loved the whole opening of the third movie like that was really cool another thing with uh the imdb message boards i remember like when i saw that and they talked about how like (laughs) something was wrong and like it fit like a lot of projector machines like blew up or something like someone was talking about their theater (laughs) and then someone commented LOL, even the projector <laughs> had enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, God, why can't they bring back the IMDb message boards? They were, oh, they, were God, fun, they, were, they were so fun. So fun. I learned so much with those. I met so many cool people that, you know, like I don't ever speak to again, unfortunately. Uh, they went away, but um, I digress. And uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to pin to uh, Kyle's photography on his instagram check that out he's an amazing photographer awesome thank you amazing (laughs) photographer so you know and um chris a couple last minute things i don't know how how long but um 
you know, you mentioned we can talk about big fish another time if you want. I mean, I wasn't oh, planning no. to talk about that long, anyways. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I've, I've, yeah, if, if you want to hit the big fish thing real yeah. quick, I didn't mean to go uh, off really, there. Go for really it. quickly. I wanted to say, you know, about uh, the Independence Day sequel that, um, you know, I agree with you that, you know, Will Smith made a, a bad career choice to not do that, you know, like for like he demanded too much money or something like that. Uh, yes. And that's that's why he didn't why he did Suicide Squad and said and I know it was so like, oh, he died. In the It's like, really? Um uh, the the recasting in that movie that really pissed me off though was Mae Whitman not coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how well she would have fit in in that role, how they wrote her character, but still, it would have been interesting. Everyone just seemed so bored, and that's the yes, that's the problem yes. with the original Independence Day gets by, and most '90s action movies get by on momentum like you said armageddon is never boring deep impact is going for something more so deep impact has a lot more slow bits that aren't boring mm-hmm. but armageddon and movies like independence they make up for the fact by having interesting very emotive very happy fast moving characters that really get you behind them um and independence day 2 has none of that everybody just seems like they're just there to get paid even jeff goldblum Who's never bad just seems like he's there to get paid. And that's terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he can seem bored and apathetic when he's playing a character, but I know he, I, I agree with that completely. Um, yeah. And really quickly. So let's, t- you know, the big fish episode. Um, yeah, I, I love that movie. I think it's so underrated. Um, a good comparison to it. I think it's like Tim Burton's hook which I yes. uh, I love Hook. I will defend that movie to the death. I, I think cannot that be- wait. As soon as I get off this show, I am sending that message to School of Movies right now because the two of them love Spielberg and Hook is the only movie of his they don't like. Oh and my God. Oh and my- it's funny. They said, we get why people love Hook. And they said, we just can't crack it. They're like, we've always wanted... Because the point of their show is that they don't pick a movie to talk about unless they can be enthusiastic about it. So they say, even if it's a bad movie, we want the discussion to like this discussion. We want the discussion to be one that people care about. So they go, if the two of us just sit there talking about hook, they go, we're just going to sit there and complain about all the things we don't like about it. Okay. And they, and they had me come on for temple of doom for that exact reason, because I agree that temple of doom has a shitload of things wrong with it. But mm-hmm. it was the first Indiana Jones movie that I saw, and I will never. And I was like three, and I'll never oh, be able to. Oh change my god! How you must have been traumatized I, by that. Holy yeah, crap! But but I'll never be able to change the fact that for me that's the character. So I right. love that movie so much, and so they brought me on because even though I could admit that it's racist and it's not is not as good as the other ones. I had so much fun and they're like, we love having you on to talk. Cause they go, we thought it was going to be a movie, just trash an episode trashing it the whole time. And instead we all talked about how, how much fun we had with it and how much better it would have been if George Lucas wasn't involved, you know, and all this other fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me and Kyle jump in with any, anything. Um, I like hook to me. It's just like, <clears throat> And it's like deep impact in the sense it just has such an emotional heft to it. And, you know, just like the like just the and and it's a movie rewatching it as an adult, even though I'm not a father. It just like 
it holds up so well. I think I think the half of it is John Williams' amazing score. I will say that. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, and and it really it makes me sad that Spielberg like does not like that movie. Yeah, I guess he was going through a really dark and cynical time when he made it. And so I think that's a big part of it is like, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of his personal life. He doesn't want to remember. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a I shame suppose. because I think that really is the edge that that movie needed. That movie is not yes. a pleasant film. <laughs> like it is, it, it's, it definitely deals with some dark shit and, um, right. And, and, and you know, fish, big fish. You can advertise big fish is a big fun romp, but then that movie no, is like, no, no deal with emotion jerks. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my then, God. You know, the emotions it brings out, you know, you, you are, you know, you feel them and you're, you feel like you're a better person because you watched it, you know, yeah. like that you it's, it's had it afterwards. And yeah. And you know, Okay, like you know, Spielberg's com- like my only complaints about Hook. I think it maybe re- it maybe ran a little too long. And yep. okay, Julia Roberts was painfully miscast. Yep, painfully. Um, I mean, I will say she was like the it girl at the time, and she was getting cast and everything. So maybe you it know, was inevitable. But this, I, I think she, I think she was so miscast in that role. I think she. What I like about her in that movie now, looking back knowing that she has done things where she hasn't taken herself seriously. Like mm-hmm. remember in, um, remember in oceans 12 where they did an introducing Julia Roberts in the, yeah. and I thought that was great. Yeah. Hook, she definitely played Tinkerbell on that with a wink, like, Hey, look, it's me. And I enjoyed that about it. Right. Like, it kind of broke the fourth wall, yeah. but you're right. It, it, it's painful. The scenes that she's in, they, they don't yeah. fit to the movie. I mean, and like Spielberg says, he likes the whole part where they, where they, you know, go, you know, he likes the movie before they go to Neverland. I'm like, well, what the, what the hell is the point of that? Even that's like, I'll just, you know, framing. I'm like, okay. Well, and I mean, but the movie, the movie he made there was good. It's just, you can't, they need both sections to work together. And and exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and people, a lot of people say that like the set design in Neverland looked fake, which I don't really agree no, with but that's the thing it looked wonderful it looked like a fantasy like it was yes, so consistently and, beautiful i loved that about it and it's all they had to work with at the time a good comparison is you know willy wonka and the chocolate factory versus charlie and the chocolate factory yeah they, they worked with what you had at the time you had a digital you have a digital set for the latter and it's like that you know we could do a whole episode comparing those movies but whatever um and uh yeah and i just with and with just like, you know, the I will say the the swashbuckling scenes were maybe like a little uninspired, but, you know, which says a lot because, you know, Mask of Zorro came out seven years later and holy crap, yep. were those great. Um, but I digress. And, you know, getting into Big Fish, I, I think, um, you know, I, I've watched it with my father and, you know, I was I got to hold back the tears with, the, you know, I don't want to cry in front of him. And it's like, you know, that that movie and i think i i tim burton i don't know if he said how, how he feels about that movie um but uh i just think with with a uh, big fish it's you know everything you said was very true and i you know there was a really you know and i don't remember uh 
Edward was the father's name, right? Um. Oh boy, I think, I think so. Let me let me look it up while you talk. What I only I remember Kyle? his last name. That's why I. <laughs> Kyle, what did you think it was? Or Edward Bloom. Yep. Edward. Edward yeah. Bloom. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it really. Um, you know, I didn't think his character was really. You know, I just. I mean. You know, it, it, he was kind of like, you know, I don't think he would have been any more of a dismissive father as a lot of fathers back then. Honestly, I never, I never hated, I never like had really real disdain for his character. I mean, well, I, that's, I that's never, what made the conversation great is, is the movie, the movie puts you in the storyline of the character yeah. that the normal Tim Burton character would have mm-hmm. disdain for. So, the focus of a normal Tim Burton film would to be 100% on the side of the sun. And instead the movie is like spending its runtime being like, what the hell's wrong with this guy's kid? Like what doesn't he see that's great in this guy? And the only real thing you can come down to is okay. Like a lot of dads at the time, he just wasn't around, but even the doctor says to the son later, no dads were in the delivery room. You're going to fault him for not being there. No, like, no. And, and Kyle, do you remember like about maybe 10 years ago or so there was that like editorial in the Duluth News Tribune, that one Father's Day where they had this, this father, he, he was like in his seventies or eighties. And he talked about how he, you know, like most dads were, you know, largely not around for a lot of their, they were, you know, working or whatever. Yes, and how yeah and how he looking back on that felt really bad about that that you know he like he denied his children something and that it, it wasn't that he didn't love his children it was because he felt like that was not his role as a father to do those things and you know to be like loving and nurturing and like you know, I think that that speaks a lot for like, you know, how fucked up the baby boomer generation is. But that's a whole yep. other conversation for a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. And I, I and I feel like our generation has really rectified that. Agreed. You know, yeah, or we're gender we're, roles. We're very, breaking close, down. we're very close to rectifying it. We're still. Yeah. We're still oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Over. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, you know. And I, I think that that really set. Like, I, I immediately thought of that when you said that and you know i love how you mentioned the scene where like jessica lang and oh my god so you know just jessica lang was from outside of duluth where kyle and i grew up did you know that cloquet yeah and she comes back all the time uh to visit she sells a home i have not i have not seen her other people have seen her it's not for lack of trying trust me (laughs) that's my life goal to see this amazing queen. (laughs) Yes. And um, so I love that scene when, you know, she gets in the bathtub with him. I always, I want to love somebody. I, I all in every movie. I love when people do that, when like something like getting in the bathtub or the shower, when you have your clothes on, it's so romantic. I don't know. I, I hope I love somebody. I, enough one day or somebody loves me enough one day to do that i exactly I, I, I always i always love scenes like that in movies i love watching two actors that you know in their personal life that they love somebody that much because you can't fake that 
that feels so goddamn legitimate. Like yeah. every, every body language, every word that comes out of their mouths in that scene. And, and to, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's just wonderful. It, it, it made me like I told, like I said, during the show, it made me think of my granddad and my grandmother, that unspoken true true love even though the movie's been showing you negative things about quote-unquote negative things about this guy that the like in burton that's why i would really love to see what burton has to say about it because it taps into emotions i don't think he's comfortable being out you know no it was really good and and i'm not saying that as a negative about the guy i just i that's something i'd love to tap into you know is is find out you know you know what makes what makes a guy that's able to be so um, so creative tick like that, but to never really put stuff like that on screen in anything he makes? I agree. Right. I agree. Um, anyway, and... I, I I do get have to get going though. So uh, okay. final, final thought on that, and I apologize because um, I when that's I hit fine. stop recording, I have one question I want to ask you guys too. So okay, and I just really want to quickly say to the um uh, the the funeral scene at the end, which that was not in the book. That was not in the book. The, the The book ended where it's like, where they they go down, like he takes him to the river, and he's like, "But it's all a fantasy, and nobody believes it." Was like the final line. The funeral scene, I thought, added so much, so much, and I love how, like, at the end when you see, like, you know, um, after the funeral, when you see, like, um, uh, you know, Danny DeVito and Steve Buscemi and Bear telling, like, like Bear passing on. Yes, him. You know, with they, yes. they're telling stories, and they're like, you know, like the hand gestures, like they're doing the it fact, too. And the fact that it's muffled or completely overdone by the score, and you don't care, you're because you don't need to know what they're saying. The enthusiasm is telling you that this guy, this guy's legacy is going to live on. Look at all of these people that his stories have touched and made better. And I, I think agree. that's so important. I agree. Um, yeah, Kyle, Kyle, do you have anything else to add? Um, I have to agree with all of that, you know, um, and like something you mentioned again, the final scene, I think that makes the movie. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I I know a lot of times books, you know, books, you know, movies, butcher books, but I thought that was a good addendum. Yeah. And, you know, I, I watched it through this time and it's the first time I had seen the movie since my dad died. And I knew that the movie was going to be like the last important thing I needed to do to like finally move on and say goodbye because things were just so complicated with my dad. And I watched it and I, I love the movie, but I'm sitting there going, okay, this movie's getting me real hard, but I really expect there to be a point where I break down. And it mm-hmm. wasn't doing it to me. Like I was getting sad and the waterworks are coming, but. I'm like, when's it going to happen? And I'm sitting there watching it. And it's the line when he's telling the dad about, you know, the story about him taking him down to the river. And he said, and everybody was there and it was beautiful. And they cut to the dad and he goes, the story of my life. And I shut off. Like I had to press pause on the movie. And I just like, I I think I went like my brain blacked out. It's like, there it is. Right. It's Albert Finney's delivery. I mm-hmm. don't see his face. I see my dad saying that, and it breaks yeah. me because it's yeah. so perfect. He, it's the, it's just a perfect line. <laughs> I don't know why, but he was Albert Finney was so so underrated. He was, 
he was more than just Daddy Warbucks. I mean, that's the this this and and Daddy Warbucks are the roles I will most remember him for. Yeah. All right. With with that, I'm going to say that that I got to get out of here. So um, absolutely. I thank I want to thank you both again for this incredibly awesome discussion. Um, I love this show. I I think you both are awesome, Kyle. It is so great to meet you, and we should definitely do something like this again. Um. And uh, thank you both for shooting the shit with Chippa. And thank you all for listening. Um, And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. 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 Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Totally.